You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com and tell them locked on sent you today on the show we are going to talk about the receiver position and we are going to talk about the defensive line here as we get set to ramp up to training camp coming up next month we are only going to have three shows this week Uh, just to let you know uh, part of that is our June schedule. We're a little light on shows this week, just trying to give you a break, trying to give me a little bit of break. Um, and also my family happens to be moving at the end of the week. We are moving into a house from our apartment. So a lot that we are trying to get uh, into. If there's breaking news, of course, we will have an add to our schedule if necessary. There is still an interview that I'm trying to get scheduled here. So if we have to add that because of timing, we will do that. But for now... Let's plan on three. I want to talk about the receiver position because I have gone over this a number of times trying to figure out, okay, what does this breakdown look like? Where are the targets going to come? Because we know Devontae Adams is going to be a high target guy. Now, beyond that, what do we know? Well, we don't really know a ton. Unfortunately. And so we, we look at some of the snap breakdowns from early in the season last year and the first three weeks of the year before Alan Lazard got hurt in that New Orleans game. Uh, Lazard played 87% of snaps, 84% of snaps, 95% of the snaps. He was the bona fide number two receiver in the offense by snap rate. Now, he was not necessarily the bona fide number two receiver by productivity, but when Devontae Adams got hurt and they needed someone to step up, they started calling plays for Alan Lazard. In that Saints game, he had the six-catch, 146-yard game with a touchdown. If Devontae Adams went out this season, would it look the same way? If you look at the way that this all played out at the end of last year. And and you see, okay, what the snap numbers were in the playoffs. He comes back from that injury, 60%, 46%, 69%, 69%. But then he starts to go over 70%. And in the playoffs, he played 71% of snaps against the Rams, had four catches for 96 yards, a touchdown, and of course had the big play uh, that broke that game open. And he played 82% of snaps against Tampa Bay. And in that game, he had three catches, 62 yards, and was interfered with on one of the interceptions. If Lazard had played 20% better in that game, the Packers might have, in fact, won. 
The same is true of Devontae Adams, um, who was not spectacular in that game. He was eh, had the drop in the end zone that ultimately could have could have won the Packers the game. So we we know or we think we know the role MVS is going to play. That is that is going to be unchanged. Uh, he is the deep threat. He is someone who's going to play on the outside, someone who is going to play in the slot at times, who is going to attack quarters coverage, going to attack down the field, off play action. But the Packers are willing to do a lot of different kinds of things to get a slew of guys open on play action. It's not just MVS because they rely on the fake. They rely on the situation. They rely on the execution. So it doesn't have to be MVS, they don't need his speed for those circumstances, right? His speed is of the utmost value when defenses are expecting the pass. That's when you need Marquez Valdez-Scanling's speed, when they are expecting you to throw it. You need him to be a threat in those situations. And in the NFC Championship game, he had one of his best games as a Green Bay Packer. Arguably, given the stakes, his best game as a Green Bay Packer. And it wasn't, you know, a bunch of tight formation, play action, deep shots. No, this was like shotgun, third and eight type stuff. This was first down, taking a bit of a shot just because you have the right formation and the right personnel on the field. He has to continue to be that for Green Bay. And if he does take a a little step forward, I I think that really boosts your offense. So then then where do the rest of these guys fit in? And I'm not just talking about the receiver receivers, but Big Bob Tunyon and Josiah DeGuara, Mercedes Lewis, Jay Sternberger, and then, of course, the other receivers. Devin Funches, does he make the team? Equinemius St. Brown, does he make the team? He gets hurt in... OTAs. Amari Rogers, who looks like he is already going to be a part of the game plan, coming in jet motions, um, some of that slot, that true slot kind of stuff that we thought and I thought, hey, maybe they don't need, but they decided to look. He can play on the outside. I do think he can play some on the outside. And so that allows them to be a little bit more multiple with how they use him. And they don't have to feel like, oh, he's just someone that has to play in the slot. Oh, he's just some. He's just Tyler Irvin. He's just jet motion. He's just you know gadget plays. He's just that stuff. He's not that. He can be more than that. Now, how much more than that? It's tough. We've talked about this on the show. It's tough to project what he is going to be in this offense right away. Now, Devin Funches is a wild card a little bit because he certainly could push Equinemius St. Brown off this team. He is good enough, has a high enough ceiling, by all accounts, looks really good physically, looks to be in really good shape, um, and and you hope could, could capture some of the, I don't want to call it magic, because it's not like he was some star player in Carolina, but you hope that he could be, you know, a, a some version of that guy. And if he can be, he is better than any version of Equinemius St. Brown that we've seen. And and frankly, he's better than than most of the versions of Alan Lazard that we've seen uh, with some similar skill sets. Now, I think um, given the contract situation, the age, those kinds of things, you'd rather have Alan Lazard. Um, you can move, you, you know, move on and save some money from Devin Funches if you think they're similar in terms of skill set. But you're going to have to pay Alan Lazard here pretty quick, too. 
So, you know, maybe you you are willing to just say, hey, Devin Funch, just come in and be this guy for a year and then we'll move on and we'll replace you with the next guy that, that we think can, can give us similar production. Now, of course, all of this relates to the quarterback. And we saw in 2017, when the quarterback level changes, it doesn't most affect the top end talent. So if Jordan Love is the quarterback, even if he's solid, if he's a B minus quarterback, solid, not great, but solid, Devontae Adams is going to get a ton of targets. He's going to play well. He's going to produce. And I think because of what they're able to do schematically with the tight ends, they'll find production from those guys. Big Bob Tunyon, DeGuara, Sternberger, even Dominique Daphne, Mercedes Lewis. They're able to scheme up stuff. And we saw it even in OTAs and minicamp. When they're in the red zone, they were still able to get that stuff, even though you know the defense knows what's coming. They've seen it before, all that stuff. I think schematically, they're still going to be able to get those kinds of opportunities. The difference is going to be in finding the opportunities to squeeze balls into coverage you know, with these secondary receivers or to get to that second or third read that Rodgers would get to that it might take Jordan Love a tick longer to get to or identifying coverage pre-snap that says, hey, look, this is a favorable situation to this route concept. And rather than lock in on Devontae Adams, who you think has the better matchup, they're showing a coverage that gives your team the better opportunity to hit this side of the formation versus the other. Those are the things that you're going to move off of. And and again, we saw in 2017, Jordy Nelson was a shell of his former self. And I think one of the reasons why they moved on from Jordy was they saw without Aaron Rodgers, he's just not He's just not that good, just not that useful at that point in his career. Jordan Nelson, all-time great Packer, um, the the second best receiver in the Aaron Rodgers era, and one of the underrated guys to play while he was in the league. But it fell off a cliff for him after 2016. And... As we talked about on the show at the time, yes, okay, well, uh, he's only good with Aaron Rodgers. But, oh, by the way, they had Aaron Rodgers in 2018. And Jordy Nelson uh, probably would have been better than the the rookies that they had to trot out there. Certainly would have been better than Jamon Moore, who is not even in the league anymore. Would have been better than EQ. Would have been better than MVS. And those guys, it's not like they were first-round picks and you're hurting their development or anything like that. That's not what was going on. I don't, I don't mean to relitigate that part of it, but he did not produce at a high level. Randall Cobb did not produce at a high level. And then, of course, Aaron Rodgers comes back from the collarbone injury, plays one game, and all of a sudden, Randall Cobb is, you know, he looks like 2014 Randall Cobb. It helps to have that guy under center. He lifts everyone a little bit higher. So to me, though, I, I think Devontae Adams, he's he is Devontae Adams. He is a, an elite receiver. He's going to be good no matter what. And MVS is an elite downfield threat, led the league in yards per catch, that kind of stuff. You know, Rodgers was particularly aggressive, but Jordan Love, one of the things, one of the one of the criticisms of him is he's too aggressive and wants to force the ball into coverage. 
That's why I laugh at the, oh, he was checking it down too much in OTAs. You're probably still going to get those deep shots. They're still going to create those deep shots. And and off play action, you're still going to get the Lazard shots, those kinds of things. You're still going to get once you get into the red zone. We talked about this with Hayden Winks last week um, from Underdog Fantasy when we talked about some of the fantasy opportunities. You're still going to scheme up those kinds of things. Matt LaFleur is still excellent at that. They're still going to have these guys running free you know, when they call mesh or when they, they have some of these go-to pet concepts that just work. They just work against 90% of teams. The, the question is going to be the, the margins. And on the margins, you're just not going to, you're not going to have the same level of play. So you need Alizar to play 16 games. You need MVS to be 30% better. You need AJ Dillon to be 30% better than Jamal Williams. I'm, of course, I'm just making up numbers here. But you, you, you're you going to need some of these players to be a little bit better if Jordan Love is out there and not Aaron Rodgers. That doesn't mean your offense can't still be good. It can. But when when it comes to projecting roles, I do think, you know, y- you might see more Amari Rodgers if Jordan Love is the quarterback, more gadgets. You might see more two tight ends to create some matchup issues. Hey, let's be more multiple. They could run. They could pass. More play action. Those kinds of things. Things that maybe you, you should do anyway. Because we know play action increases offensive efficiency. So it is interesting trying to figure out exactly how this is going to look. And we don't have a great view because we just don't know who the quarterback is going to be. And that, of course, affects how we view everything on this offense. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet online bet online is your number one source on the internet to handle all of your gambling needs get the latest odds news and everything around major league baseball the nba nhl ufc golf we just had the u.s open john rom won that was awesome theater and it would have been even more awesome if you had some money on it i didn't and was sitting there going man you know what would make this great if i had some coinage resting on this game don't sit on the sidelines anymore this is your chance to get into the game head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts so let's talk about this defensive line and last week we talked about the pass rush pro football focus put out a stat that over the last two seasons uh, the Packers are top five in um, pass rush win rate, their their win rate numbers. And, you know, I, I think that, that that makes some sense. And one of the names that I think hasn't been brought up enough, and obviously, I, you know, whenever we talk about the narratives and the media narratives, I am a media member. I have this show. Um, this show has a wide reach. And so... Part of this is up to me to make sure I'm amplifying the right things. I have a responsibility in all of this too. Kingsley Kiki was really good last year. And we really did not focus enough on it. We did not focus enough on what his absence meant for not having on this defense. And Brandon Thorne, friend of the show, who was on the show a couple weeks ago talking about this offensive line rookie class. His his substack is Trench Warfare, the newsletter. Go subscribe. Few people in this business are as good at breaking down uh, offensive and defensive line play as he is. And he looked at interior defenders and he does this thing where he he looks at the quality of the sacks. 
So not all sacks are created equal. Some guys live off of unblocked sacks. Some guys live off of one-on-one you know, uh, sacks, some guys lift off of snap jumping, um, off of twists and stunts, games that that get you free versus winning in one-on-one combat. And Kingsley Kiki was on his list of top guys, top, top 20, top 25 type guys, ahead of Grady Jarrett, ahead of Kenny Clark, and... I don't, I don't think that that is something that we have really reckoned with. That if Kingsley Kiki is a dude and you get 2019 Kenny Clark and you get, what, 75% of 2019 Preston Smith and, and Rashawn Gary takes a little bit of a jump. I mean, we're not asking much here. We're asking for guys to be versions of them that we have seen in recent history. So I'm not even asking for Preston Smith to be 2019 Smith. Because, you know, part of that was unique to the situation. He got a lot of one-on-ones. There was a lot of attention devoted to Kenny Clark, who was a monster in 2019. Sidarius Smith was also a monster. And so Preston Smith got single-teamed as much as any starting edge rusher in football. That is not happening as consistently. Well, uh, Kenny Clark was a monster in 2019, less so in 2020. One of the reasons Preston Smith was not as good in 2020, he was not in as good a shape. The coaches have, have even now hinted to that. And he showed up in really good shape, looking leaner, looking meaner. And at the end of last season, he started to play better when Rashawn Gary started taking his snaps. You know, part of this, you know, there may be a little motivation factor in all this. And then part of that is just human nature. Oh, he's going to take my starting spot? You know, lights a fire a little bit. So if you get pressed in 2019, just 80%, 75% of that guy on this defense, and you get just baselines of Darius Smith, and you get something closer to 2019 Kenny Clark when he was... The, the second most disruptive interior defender in the in in the league, you know, around aside from Aaron Donald, he was as good as it gets along the interior in 2019, and that helped make life easier for uh, Zadarius and Preston Smith. All of a sudden, when you add in Kingsley Kiki, even if he doesn't even get better, he's just what he was last year. That is an elite front seven, an elite. Group And we didn't even talk about the inside linebackers because, frankly, who cares? The upside for this front is enormous. And they're going to need to be because Joe Barry is not someone who loves to blitz. At least does not come from a tree of defenses that love to blitz. They are uh, judicious with their blitz packages. Now, Matt LaFleur might want to play a little bit more man coverage, might want to blitz a little bit more. Certainly loves the disguise element in all this. You know, I was listening to to some of the defensive coaches talk and Joe Barry talk during these OTAs. And, you know, the disguises and wanting the defense to see the same thing pre-snap consistently and have it be something else. To have the quarterback duck in under center and, and see the two high safeties and go, okay, I think I know what this is. And then at the snap, it becomes something else or post-snap becomes something else. Well, if your guys are also winning your one-on-one battles up front in the run game and the pass game, that makes those disguises even better makes them even more effective and that's the thing that i'm looking for here 
This front has the potential to be dominant. It has the potential to be a dominant group. We need to see them all playing at something close to their best in the same season. So if Kenny Clark can stay healthy, he's dropped a little bit of weight. You know, Joe Barry told these guys, I want you at your biggest, strongest, fastest. Whatever that sweet spot is where you can maximize the three of them the most. Find me that spot. May seem like an obvious thing, but sometimes coaches say, I need you to be bigger. I need you to be bigger. I need need you to up the strength. Well, you're going to lose some speed probably, some quickness. Or they say, hey, I need you to to be at your quickest, your fastest. I need that. Well, probably going to give up some strength. Probably going to give up some, some size. So find me that sweet spot. Kenny Clark down, Preston Smith down. We probably knew Preston Smith needed to come down. Uh, You know, I wouldn't have guessed Kenny Clark, but he's playing more three-tech. He's playing less nose tackle. Is that to protect his body a little bit? Could be. Is that a smart idea? I think absolutely. I love that. Let someone like Kingsley Kiki eat up some blocks. Let some of these other, you, you brought in TJ Slayton, let him eat some blocks. You have these other guys that you brought in Let them eat some blocks and let Kenny Clark go hunt quarterbacks because we've seen he can do that. So I I really like what the upside here is, but I liked it last year too. And and we got an underwhelming Preston Smith season and Kenny Clark was hurt and not as impactful as we thought he could be. Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, uh, you know, was, was, was what? 10% less dominant than 2019 and so all those things come together even with the jump that Rashawn Gary took and the jump that Kingsley Kiki took you probably got to step back from someone like Tyler Lancaster and Dean Lowry how much are you going to get from those guys this year someone like Zedaria Smith they think Rashawn Gary can be a dominant player Matt LaFleur raved about Rashawn Gary Zedaria Smith raved about Rashawn Gary if he can reach his peak his physical tools ceiling he can be an outstanding player he can be a dominant player but that's a lot of ifs that's a lot of ifs if 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 well on the other hand what if today's episode is brought to you by built bar built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever i have found myself reaching for them even more often lately for whatever reason they're just delicious, and I, I have been trying to be a little bit better about what I'm putting into my body, the foods that I'm eating, trying to be a little bit healthier, to, to get in a little bit better shape as the weather gets warmer. Not even a swimsuit thing, just I'd like to, I'd like to do it for myself and how I feel in my body. Well, Built Bar can help you do it because they've got these protein bars that not only taste delicious, but are not jammed full of sugar, not jammed full of calories, but are jammed full of protein, fiber, and are safe for things like the keto diet, all that good stuff. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto. I happen to be in the market for a car, and we're thinking about buying And one of the things that is annoying about owning your own car is getting it fixed, finding parts, dealing with all of that stuff. This is not my first car. I've had to deal with this stuff before and it is not fun. I'm not a car expert. I'm not a car guy. I don't know what I'm looking for. So 
I don't want to get ripped off. I don't want to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a dealership. And that can happen. You can get gouged like that. RockAuto.com is not going to do it to you. They are a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, and right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. As I said, we have an interview that I'm working on getting scheduled here for this week. Um, I I am not sure exactly when we're going to get that done. I'm trying to work out the timing on that right now, but hopefully I can bring that to you this week. Remember, three shows this week. It is June. Uh, enjoy the weather. Enjoy your time. And uh, I, I'm trying to not make the show feel like homework, but I appreciate those of you who have reached out and said, hey, you know, thanks for, thanks for bringing this stuff in the offseason. Uh, we really like it. So that's great. That's awesome. Um, that's why we do this. And so we're going to continue to do it. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.